0: Podcast.
1: Welcome to the LabCode Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the LabCode Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play from flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In this week's episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast, we talked to Misty Bruton about how she left production and is focused on growing her brokerage. Listen in to hear how she is helping over 40 agents achieve their goals through accountability and leverage of systems and her team talents. Lots of great takeaways for agents and business owners of all levels. So let's get started. What is up, Lab Coat Agents? And we are back for another episode of the Lab Coat Agents podcast. And today, I have the pleasure of interviewing somebody that I haven't met until today. So these conversations tend to go a lot more interesting because I know as much as you do, most of you. Some of you probably know this person because she's awesome. But I'm going to be asking her a lot of questions because, like I said, I've never met her before. So let me introduce you into the show, Misty Bruton, the broker owner of AVO Realty, a club wealth coach from San Marcos, Texas. Welcome to the show, Misty.
0: Awesome. Thank you. So happy to be here.
1: Absolutely. So we want to know a little bit about who you are before we get into talking some serious strategy conversation and uh, what value you bring, how you run your business and what we can share with agents. So tell us a little bit about who you are beyond what I've already said.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Misty. I am, like you said, I live in San Marcos, Texas. I have been in the industry for many, many moons, probably longer than I actually want to share. But I feel like I grew up in the real estate industry here in Central Texas. And I've done it a thousand, well, let me say that I've done it a million wrong ways. And in 2015, I found myself getting back in the business. I had burnt myself out previously. So, 2015, I got back in the industry and I thought I need to do this a new way. I have to figure out how to balance this business, how I can succeed and have the income and the earning that I want, but some leverage or something so that I'm not in and out of this business. So, 2015, I got back in. I found Lab Code Agents, an amazing group. I found um, Club Wealth Coaching. And the rest is history. I have grown a very, very large team. I am still failing forward. But we are, you know, our team spans all of Central Texas all the way into Houston, we have many, we have multiple expansion teams, we are just really killing it in the Texas real estate scene right now. So We look forward to probably expanding into other states um, sooner rather than later. But at this point, we are just building a team, leveraging. I officially am not in production anymore. I found that my skills were better utilized in leadership. Um, So that's what I focus my days on right now is leading this team, closing more deals, and really focusing on the leveraging of the team.
1: Awesome. So let's give, uh, let's give the listener some context. You say you got back into the business in 2015. When did you actually start in the business? Where did you go in between and what brought mm-hmm. you back?
0: Yeah, so I was originally licensed in 1994 and um, I had figured out how to run a successful business back in the mm-hmm. 90s when it wasn't so great. And then I kept burning myself out. So I've been in and out of the industry three times every time for the same reason. I had small children at the time. I was working long hours, working too many hours. So the first time I left the business, um, to pursue getting a master's degree, which I did, I got a master's in counseling. And then I found myself, you know, getting back in the industry and once again out. And then I found myself in corporate America working for, you know, some of the startups here locally. And then I just kept finding my passion back in real estate. I didn't want to work for somebody else. I wanted to run my own business. I just needed the right systems and the right tools to be able to build a business instead of running a glorified hobby.
1: Okay, so you said you uh, got a master's in counseling. Now, as a leader in real estate, I find that that's probably a very useful tool that you probably use every single day with your agents.
0: I do. So I thought I wasted $60,000 on a master's degree that I would never use because I quickly realized that I didn't want to sit in front of people and listen to their problems every day. It was a burden that I couldn't let go of. I I brought it home to my family. And so I realized this is not, after all of that education, this is not going to be what I need to do with my life? what have I done? you know I've, I've put myself in debt on this with sixty thousand dollars in student loans, but when I found myself back in real estate, I realized what an amazing opportunity to learn the skills that I did to really build a in a people industry where it's all about listening and understanding and communicating so Life has a funny way of bringing us full circle. And that's definitely one of those where I guess I just had faith that it would work out the way it did. But it has absolutely been one of my better skills in this industry.
1: So as a so with that expertise, with that education background, do you find uh, it's very important as a broker leader uh, to use like disk assessments when uh, hiring?
0: Yes and no. I think disks are really helpful to understand how people learn and how they need to communicate. We do use them for hiring on our team, but I think more so the skills that I've learned is to really know how to get into somebody's way of thinking. So, you know, if somebody is you know, our agents, let's talk about agents that are joining our team. So they're joining our team and maybe they're just not clicking with what we're, how we're teaching them. We're educating them. They're not clicking. So being able to have that empathic way of being able to really get into their mindset and think, what is it that's going to inspire this person? What is it that's really going to help them launch their career? I think it's more so that, Than it is the disc profile. Because the disc is, you know, it can be skewed and it can go in many different ways, right? Somebody can test a little on an off day on a disc profile and maybe it's not quite their way of, you know, maybe it's a little off, but probably both married together work really, really well.
1: Interesting. I asked that question because I'm kind of in the middle on it, but you know how some brokerages, some brands are huge on it and others don't even know what it is. So I'm just curious.
0: I'll tell you when it helps, you know, especially when we're putting people in leadership positions, we've got you, we really look at it on, you know, like for administrative staff and leadership positions. I think it has a heavier weight than it does for the agents that we hire. I feel like I've made every disc profile that I've seen. I mean, I, there's been a spread of them that we've made successful by using our systems. So I don't know. We don't really weigh heavily on them when we're hiring the agents, but as we're bringing up leadership, as we're putting admin staff, as I'm putting people that are going to be players next to me, I do put a heavier weight on it because obviously I'm a very high D and if I put another driver right next to me, it's going to cause problems. Sure. Of course. You have to be more cautious at that level.
1: 100%. So you, you mentioned your team a couple of times. How big is your team? What does it consist of?
0: So we are growing rapidly. We, um, we started our team in 2017, the beginning of 2017. So we are brand spanking new at this, this real estate team game. We're doing amazing. We are at, I think as of today, we're at 40-ish agents. I say that because we hire and I don't really get to meet them until they actually join the team. So I haven't met them all yet. I know we have 10 that are currently in onboarding. But, you know, we net with the ebb and flow of the ones that don't make it. We're right around 40.
1: Wow. That's uh, pretty impressive. And, and basically two years, essentially?
0: Two years. Yep.
1: Wow. So, so okay, then that brings up a good question then. What is it that you found has created this rapid growth? So you guys are an independent, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: what is it, what are these systems that you speak about that are attracting realtors at such a rapid pace? Yes.
0: So I love our, our systems. Everything that we have can absolutely be better, but I love what we have. We have created it from failing forward. That's all I can say. But, you know, as far as like building out systems, I know agents that are out there today are like, give me the goods. Tell me what it is. One thing that we do is we have built in structure around our agents that to, to help them succeed with the number of deals they're closing. We have a minimum standard that you have to meet to be on our team. You have to be a closer to be on our team. In the early stages of building out our team, I was beating my head up against a wall trying to figure out why are these people not producing? Like what I, I can inspire them, I can lead them and they're not making it happen. We've put something in that has worked really well. We call it our circles of success. And we also marry that with a boost program that we we do monthly. So from the 15th of the month to the 15th of the month, we make sure that everybody on our team has at least one deal pending. If you don't have one deal pending in escrow, then you go into what we call a boost program. That boost program is is basically a blueprint, a blueprint or a roadmap for exactly what you have to do for the next 15 days to get a deal pending. So it is it's very elementary, it is not complex, but it is the old school basics of what it takes to get to an escrow as quickly as possible, making X number of calls, having X number of open houses. There's a lot of accountability what it does is gives them the ABCD checkoff list so that they know what to do, where they are to support them. That has worked wonders. That has gotten our team from not producing to actually producing at a really high level. And then the circles of success as they grow their business, because as they learn how to do these basic foundational items, they are now closing more and more deals. So our circles of success are built in with value So for a brand new agent, you know, here's the value that we provide you as you get to closing two to four deals a month, you, you step into the next circle of value. So we start to provide more support, more coaching, more one-on-one type stuff to really get you what you need so that you can stay in front of clients instead of doing your administrative work. And then after that, you know, like the very last level is we're providing an admin Um, support person for you. So you are literally not having to do that. You're bringing a contract to your own personal assistant and leaving, you know, leaving everything with your assistant. We understand the value of an agent being out in front of clients instead of behind the scene, doing the things that keep you bogged down the administrative staff stuff. So that's really what these circles are focused on is helping you build your career and moving through those circles and retaining agents, because we understand the more deals you close, the more opportunities that you're gonna have out there, the more people that are gonna be pursuing and recruiting you. So we're making sure that we're adding more and more and more value so that when those recruiting calls start coming in, it's a no-brainer that you stay with our team versus jump ship and leave.
1: Love it, love it. So let's say I am an agent on your team, and the, so we go through the, um, the circles of success and I don't have a deal pending. Mm-hmm. What, and I assume this is, you're going to customize this based on the personality of the agent, right? So let's just say, uh, I'm a really good people person. I'm a good salesperson. I'm a good relationship builder. I have terrible, uh, you know, paperwork skills, right? Uh, so what would you do with somebody like me? I'm not detail oriented. What would you do with someone like me to help me get that deal?
0: So the pre, so the person that goes into the the um fifteenth to the fifteenth the boost program what we call it it's really the same roadmap for everybody but it is the basic staple principles of what to do on a daily basis it is your perfect daily schedule written out on what you should do wake up at this time do this make this many calls um, have this many conversations invite a friend out to lunch, schedule your next open house. So it's really the basic foundational steps of real estate. That part is not really structured or customized for our agents. Where the customization comes in is after they're already succeeding. So let's say, you know, somebody's not in the 15th of the month boost program, but they're actually closing two deals a month and they want to escalate to, you know, I'm ready to go next level. I want to close four deals a month. That's where we start customizing the coaching and really looking at their strengths. So the first part of it is we're going to hit on the elementary stages of if you're not producing, number one, we want to keep you on the team. These are the basics on how to stay on the team. I mean, doing one deal a month minimum with all the leads and the opportunity that we have, that should be easy peasy. If you're not, we're going back elementary school, one, two, three, ABC. For a producer that wants to level up, we're going to start customizing SOI, farming, different different opportunities based on their strengths. But that's going to be for a producing agent, not for somebody who's not producing.
1: Sure. And so what kind of accountability, do you put accountability measures in Good. for and yeah. what does that look like?
0: So on a daily basis, our agents absolutely, accountability is key for what we're running. So we have a morning huddle. Tuesday through Friday at 7:30 a.m. You must be on that huddle to get leads. Period. And we're if talking about have, probably
1: a Zoom call or something like that. Yep,
0: it is. It's Zoom because we are spread across the literally state of Texas. So everything we do is virtual. We do everything on Zoom. Um, that is your showing up and saying I'm accountable and I'm here. I'm ready for the day. I'm dressed. I'm ready to go and so if you show up then you're eligible for leads if you don't show up we we do have a tolerance we understand you know things happen we make that per case basis as long as you reach out to your team lead have a conversation maybe have a quick check-in at a doctor you can't make the huddle but you're still working today that's cool we get it we're human but you have to communicate so the morning huddle is one element The other part of it is we do use um, CTE, Commitment to Excellence Spreadsheet. You have to fill out that daily. And that's for, you know, your previous day of what you did. How many calls did you make? How many conversations did you have? How many closings? Um, How many open houses do you schedule? Um, All that good stuff. So they have to fill out their CTE daily. And then we have weekly call nights. Wednesday nights at five, we do a happy hour call night. Everybody's on Zoom. Um, bring your beer, bring your margarita. We don't care, but show up and be ready to make calls. So um, we do that once a week. It's a two-hour call night. We have a lot of fun. We play games. It's team building. It's We get tons of appointments out of it. So as you build out your business, being on that call is not necessary because we feel like you know if you're already producing, you're already doing the right thing. So you don't necessarily have to attend the call night. Other than that, we have a Monday sales training, which is mandatory for our team agents. If you're going to be, you know, if you're going to continue to get leads, you've got to be on that. And then the rest of it is CRM database accountability. We have a very, very high level of accountability on what we expect with our leads. When we first got started, we had a very, very messy process. So, you know, two years ago, what we were doing with our database was a lot different and what we're doing today, I know the value of that database and, the, you know, the people that are in there. So we have a very strict accountability, speed to lead. Um, we follow up, you know, as a leadership team, we're watching the metrics, we're watching the numbers, we're watching everything that's going on in there so that our dollars aren't slipping through the slipping like they did in the past, just losing money. So as far as moving the leads through the stages, and the, you know, how quickly you respond to the leads, all of that plays into what level of leads that you're getting. So we have tiered out leads. And that what that means is, you know, we have pond leads They're they're in there, you can prospect through them, they're available for you to take them if you can get them to connect with you. Um, That's our tier one leads. We also have tier two leads, which are hot leads that are coming out. So people that are hand raisers, Um, people that are taking action in our database. We have those in tier two leads and then tier three is off the portal. So maybe those are, you know, Ylopo leads, Realtor.com, Zillow, those type of leads that really, really need that speed to lead. So based on your accountability of how you're interacting in the database makes you eligible, you know, to get those tier three leads. If you're somebody who doesn't contact your leads when you get one and doesn't follow up, and you're probably not going to be escalated onto the tier three leads at any point in the near future.
1: Right. This is great. So let's go back to the Wednesday night. So tell yeah. us more about how that works, because for me, it sounds like if you guys are all doing calls, how is it that an agent is you know, held accountable or how is it that without being in the same office that you can actually effectively do a call night while I'm also chugging beers?
0: Yes, absolutely. So we are, you know, we span across the state of Texas. So we are in, you know, probably a 500-mile radius on some of our team members. I'm kind of smack dab in the middle of most of them, but we don't have the luxury of being able to get together on a regular basis in a building because everybody has to travel so far. So what we do is we utilize Zoom for everybody. And I've heard so many team leaders say, you know, you can't do that. You have to have the office or you have to have the space, the one on one, the belly to belly. But I'll tell you, we have accomplished it by doing call nights and our morning huddles on Zoom, and it works amazing. So, what happens on our call nights is everybody uh, mutes themselves out. And if, if somebody has a good conversation or is in the middle of handling a really good objection, They can unmute themselves and we'll all listen in. We're very respectful not to be talking over each other, but it's just amazing. It gives us the opportunity to spend some time together. It really feels like we're in the same room because honestly, when I've done call nights in person, we all kind of go in our separate directions behind closed doors anyways, because we don't want to talk over everybody. So it kind of feels the same way, Um, but it's been really, really good for our culture to do that.
1: That's awesome. Do you guys like literally cheersing through the computer?
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> we do. We play games. We have call night bingo. We do all sorts of stuff. But yeah, we cheers through the, through the Zoom monitor and it's awesome. That's great.
1: That's great. All right. So we, we've talked a little bit or actually a lot of bit about, you know, specifically what you do and what any aspiring, anybody, any agent who wants to grow a team or anybody who already has a team, what they could be doing, some elements they could add into their business to improve it because you're doing it at a very high level. But let's go to a higher level. Let's get less personal, if you will, and talk about a couple of topics that you and I had had talked about prior to this episode. And then the first one is is the the idea of balancing the relationship between growth and profitability. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean to you?
0: What does that mean? So this is a very new subject for me, and I am experiencing it. So my coach told me a couple of weeks ago that... If I am in the growth cycle, that is not going to be my profitability space. So, you know, here I am running this very, very big team. We're closing a lot of deals and yet I'm going, wait a second, shouldn't the money be growing at a higher rate? You know, more people, more deals, more, more opportunity out there. And yet it doesn't feel very profitable or not quite what I experienced. So there's an interesting shift when you're in the growth cycle, you're not experiencing that profitability. And so if I want to get this team more profitable, I need to turn down that growth. You know, right now we're adding 10 to 12 agents a month, um, new agents a month. And so if I want to get this team to where it really is the, at the, you know, maximum of profitability, I have to turn that growth cycle down. And I'm not willing to do that right now because, you know, we have goals that we're looking to achieve. So we're, we're continuing on this growth cycle. But that's the interesting dynamic that I didn't know. I didn't go to business school, right? I graduated with um, counseling. It, well, we weren't studying growth cycles. So for me, I just had logic that, oh, grow the team, get bigger, get more profitable. And that makes sense. But there, there's a cycle there that we have to get out of to where we actually get into that profitability. And we're just, you know, we're not there yet. Growth is our focus right now. So that, you know, that's a word to the wise out there. I think a lot of people really do come into this, whether it's team building or just growing your own solo real estate business. You know, they think that, Ooh, we make big paychecks and we make big money. The power of leverage ad agents make more money, but there really is a lot of dynamics there. Even for me, I have a really good, I have a hub So that, you know, to me, it makes sense. I can add more agents. They can tap into this hub and eventually profitability would go up. Even with me having this really, really strong hub where my expenses don't go up a tremendous amount, there's still an interesting dynamic between being in this growth cycle and not being as profitable as logic would make sense.
1: That's interesting. So let me ask you the all important question that I think some people will be thinking right now is how in the hell are you recruiting 10 agents a month
0: we have a system
1: okay what's that system
0: leverage i bought into the word leverage many many moons ago when i got when i well not many moons ago 2015 when i got back into the industry i bought into the word leverage so we leverage everything we have a recruiter that does um, the majority of our recruiting, so it's not me. If you're a team leader, it's very, very hard to wear the recruiting hat and also be in production. So I have a recruiter, and we have dialers. Um, we have VAs that are actually making calls, um, setting appointments, so that our recruiter can get in front of these people, and then she's closing a very high number of of those people. So she's probably talking to. 30 to 50 agents a month. And out of those, you know, she's signing on 10 to 12.
1: Wow. So the biggest piece of advice you're going to give right there is hire a recruiter if you really want to scale.
0: I, so that sounds really scary, right? Go hire a recruiter. It sounds very, very expensive. We've tried it a couple of different ways. We found that our recruiter is actually on a salary. But what I found previously, if you find the right person, you can put them on a commission to earn based on their production. So very much like anything else in real estate, anybody that's out there right now really can add a recruiter to your team if you just look at it as a return on investment, right? If you hire somebody and and motivate them and set them up with the right systems to succeed, hopefully they're going to be motivated enough to go out and earn some income, which ultimately to you is going to mean that they're going to, they're going to hire, you know, the more agents they hire the, m- the more they make. So I don't want people to overthink, oh, that sounds like a really big salary or, you know, oh, I better go hire somebody and, and get yourself into debt by hiring somebody on a really big salary. For me, our recruiter is our brokerage manager. She's better at it than anybody else. So she's on salary. She was on salary well before she took over the recruiting. So I'm not going to say right now that the only people that I have are on commission because uh, the person that has the strength is is on salary. But there's so many different creative ways to do it. So if you're looking to grow a team, it starts with you. It was me until it couldn't be me anymore. And then the best thing I did after that was leveraging when I realized I couldn't be consistent with it. I gave it away to somebody else who could be consistent. And that is the recipe to our success currently.
1: In other words, you cannot be great at a lot of things. It's just not, it's not physically possible. You have to leverage, you have to find people that are smarter than you. That's like an old age business rule as well. And I think a lot of people are intimidated by doing that. But the reality is people like you, people that are running successful businesses like yourself and other real estate, there's there's, there's tons of them. uh, That's what they're best at is realizing that they actually need somebody like digital marketing or shoot video. You've got to have a professional who can make you look professional and do it at the highest level because there's no way in hell you can do all of these things. You stick to what you do best.
0: You are so right.
1: Love it. Love it. Okay. So the next one is uh, being a good leader in the face of adversity. What is adversity or what did that mean to you? How did that affect you? Give us a give us the details. Yeah,
0: look. so running a team, running a real estate team is not for the faint of heart. There are good days, there are great days, there are really really bad days. And, you know, with the growth level that I've experienced, I have I have had some doozies come at me, losing money, agents who don't appreciate what you have and just ripping you apart even though, you know, what you're trying to provide is value to them. And, you know, keeping that face, being a good leader, at the end of the day, when all odds are against you. There are days, you know, and it's a mindset shift too. For me, you know, as a solo agent, if I had a bad day, well, I could brush it off and I could start the next day and, you know, whatever. But when you're a team leader, what you're putting out there to the masses, whether it's two agents on your team or a hundred agents on your team, you have got not always to be positive. It's not about carrying the the sunshiny, bright, rosy face. It's about being real, but it's about remembering that when you react, they react. And when you've got a large team, one reaction in the wrong direction can spiral in, you know, in the in a bad way. So it's just business is not easy. We don't get into it, or maybe we do get into it thinking it's easy. But at the end of the day, it's not. There are good days and bad days. We carry as a team leader the burden of everything for our team. There are months when I've lost money. I've had to suck it up. It came out of my own savings account to cover it. And I wanted to scream at everybody. I wanted to say, what is wrong with you people? Do you not know how much you're costing me? But that's not going to benefit anybody. The reality is I know where we're headed. I'm the visionary. I'm going to get us there. There's going to be months I'm going to lose money. There's going to be months where things are going to suck really bad. There's going to be days when I want to just shut it all down. But a leader doesn't do that. A leader remembers that you got to take the good and the bad and you got to do it for the betterment of the team and not the betterment of one individual person or a few individual people.
1: Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Which which takes us down the the next conversation which is losing money without losing faith and you just kind of touched on that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the reality of any business owner. I mean, And that's why most people don't do it. They get into it. They realize, oh, crap, this wasn't easy. Because if it was, everybody would be doing it. But in a lot of cases, when you're building a business, you're in the hole for sometimes years, Years. Before, you know, you're living on ramen noodles. You are, li- you are stretching a penny as far as you can possibly get it. And so you really have to sit there and look in the mirror and decide, am I really cut from this cloth? Am I ready to do this? Because that is what it takes. So, so tell us a little bit more about how that, uh, what that has meant to you.
0: It is. It's a long-term marathon. There's nothing short-term about this. I probably thought it was a little more short-term when I got into it. It sounded good leverage. I can take some vacations. I can actually get my life back. But what I didn't know was that, you know, what was coming around the corner. And so the first month that I lost money and as a team leader, there will be times, hopefully few, but there will be times when maybe it's, you know, market shift, who knows, you know, it just catches up with us before we know it. We have to be able to forecast this kind of stuff. But you know, when you lose money, you've got people counting on you. You can't just shut down. You can't just say that's a hobby. You know, a hobby is something you can just shut down because you lost money. A business is something you have to prepare for. You have to go for the long term. You know, I know that the next probably three years ahead of me are not going to be my profitable years because we're growing. We have big lofty goals and I never, never, ever lose track of that vision. So, you know, I have to just stash away the money when it's here so that I can cover it on those rainy days, but that's a skill set that not many realtors carry, you know, how to stash that money and make sure that it's there on those rainy days. I I have learned that the hard way and to stay, remain positive during it. You know, right now we're not, we're not at the production level that I want us to be. We were supposed to be much further advanced at this point. I know the greater vision. I know where we're going. I know the reasons I'm never, I never lose Face in the bigger vision, but that that's where it comes into your own why. You know, you got to know your own why before you step into this because it can suck more than the than it's actually reaping the benefits. And if you don't remember that why of why you're doing it, you can lose lose faith really, really quickly.
1: One hundred percent. And you mentioned something now twice, basically about why real estate agents even get into the business in the first place. And 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 you you mentioned it and. You, probably didn't realize you were mentioning it, but that is because they think they, they can work for themselves. They don't have a boss. They have flexibility. They can get up when they want to get up. They can work when they want to work. And that's also the death of most real estate agents. And then you take it one step further and say, not only do I want to be a real estate agent, but I want to be a team leader. I want to own a brokerage or, you know, I want to run a team. And then you realize, oh crap, the reality is this is not rainbows and puppy dogs. And it's not on any side of the real estate business, whether it's insurance or mortgage or real estate, we're all the same. It's very, very parallel. And so it's like this is um although we're gaining a ton today, ton of tidbits and knowledge and, and, and your experiences is phenomenal, but it's also like a wake-up call, smack in the face for real estate agents like, listen, you gotta be accountable. And if you're not accountable if you're not an accountable person to yourself, you better go find somebody like Missy to work for. Yes. That, that that will hold you accountable, that will take your game up another notch. And so hopefully, uh, if anybody gains anything from this podcast, it's that that they can that they realize that one, if you're that person who's struggling, go find the Misty. If you're in that area between Houston and Austin, San Antonio, all those little areas, Mm -hmm. I think you just found your place you need to go, right? Uh, But if you're not in those areas, there's other great, you know, brokerages, great leaders out there. It doesn't matter necessarily what's on your shirt. I think what matters is, is who you're working for and who you're working with and who's got your back and who's supporting you. Would you agree with that?
0: I totally agree. And you know what? There's different seasons in our life, right? I when I first started in real estate, I, I team leader was not even an option for me. Up until 2015 and I've been in this industry since the 90s, you know, it wasn't an option. So if the season today, it doesn't mean that it's not in your future. But today, if where you're at and you really just don't want the headaches of, you know, what do you mean I could lose money? Or what do you mean, you know, that I have to be responsible and accountable for all of these people? If that's not where you're at, absolutely find a good team, a good brokerage that will support you and wait and learn. And then if eventually being a team leader is where you want to be, then you can get there later. But I feel like everybody, there's so much competition. You know, I want to do what she's doing, or I want to do what he's doing. It's not about competition. It really isn't. I mean, real estate is a very competitive industry, but the only person that we need to be competing with is ourselves. And when I finally realized that, I gave myself the freedom to really succeed in my own lane versus, you know, I need to do what he's doing or, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to do what he's doing because he just looks so profitable. You got to stop that chaos. It's destructive and it will lead you into very, very dark, bad places. It's okay to be inspired by people. It's okay to say someday I want to do what he or she is doing, but find what your lane is. And you know, when you have young kids, I'll tell you, you know, when I had smaller children at home, being a team leader was not an option. It wasn't even on the, the forefront. I needed to be there for my family. Being on a good team that gave me leads, that gave me a really good, solid income, that's where my money was because I brought home a really good income. No stress, no problems. I didn't care about the title. I just needed to know that I could provide for my family. So really ask yourself, what lane are you in? And really just compete with that within yourself. Otherwise, its I feel like the competitiveness and chasing something that may not be right for you today is really, really destructive.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and I, let's, I'll take you back to the very beginning of this podcast when you said that when you got back in in 2015, what did you do? You found LabCode agents. You found Club Wealth. So you found those groups of people who were just wanting to share. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. You know what they say, surround yourself. You know, You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And this is a great example. And I think a lot of people... You know, they get so caught up in in the social media BS and you get on to a site, you know, a group like Lab Coats and and you let the negativity, you know, kind of take you down that that rabbit hole. And I think it's so important for people to understand that you need to use those groups. There's so many posts and so much engagement. And it's up to you to stay in that lane, stay in the lane where you want to be. It's like for me, I completely ignore the BS. I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. But when I see something that I like, gosh, it creates so much content for me to either execute or be to share and bring value because it's just, it's reciprocal and it just makes you want to come from a place of contribution. Yeah.
0: And it's I th- exactly. So true. When I first, when I got back in, in 2015, I that's what I did. I found Lab Code Agents. I don't even remember. I think I was reading a I was Googling some stuff. I found a site that said, I don't know, the best Facebook pages to join or something. Joined Lab Code Agents and I studied it like a book. And yeah, there, you know, it was a lot smaller back then. It's it's grown so much now. But I studied it like a book. I bounced past any negativity. Negativity is just a drain that will take you into dark, dark places. Find the positive things that are out there. There's so many good things. There's so many good people in that group. You've just got to align with those people that are like you, that inspire you, that make you want to be better in whatever that role is that you're playing. If you're a buyer's agent, if you're a listing agent, if you're a solo agent, if you're a team leader, whatever it is. Surround yourself with those like-minded people and stay in your lane and good grief, stay out of the negativity.
1: 100%. Yeah. And follow yeah, those people scary. too. Don't, don't be afraid. I think some people are so afraid of, of, quote unquote, stealing from other people, but it's not that. It's it's, it's modeling. That's the word mm-hmm. we like to use. You're modeling. and And granted, I mean, I am where I am because I model the people mm-hmm. that I look up to. And I'm always leveling that up. It's like, okay, I've done what I want to do with this person. So now I'm going to start following this person. And there's so much. I mean, we, we are so fortunate in this day and age with technology and social media and being able to do this, to be able to actually learn these things from the highest level people.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, I think it's really important for people. I was I was actually interviewed on another podcast last week and I was telling people, the best advice I give for you when you're when you're when you're looking up to someone when you're following people Is follow people who are on their way up not the people that are already there You know you everybody wants to follow gary vander or grant cardone And that's fine, but they're untouchable But mm-hmm. if you follow somebody who's on their way up who's in the midst of growing their success They're probably going to be accessible to you mm-hmm. people like us who are in lab coats who share, who talk, the moderators, these high level people. If you actually message some of those people, you'd be shocked. You're going to get a you're going to get a reply almost every single time. Yeah. And so focus on finding the people. Whatever it is, if you're looking for strategy help, if you're looking to CRM help, if you're looking for video help, if you're whatever it is, it's all there. You just have to seek it out, and it's not that hard to find. And mm-hmm. you could uh, you know you could totally level up your career no matter what, what which place
0: you're at. Exactly.
1: I love I it. I love it. Missy, this has been fantastic. You have been a wealth of knowledge. It's been great to meet you. And um, I look forward to meeting you at a live event at some point. I'm sure we'll cross paths. Yes. There's
0: so, one coming up in what, a couple of weeks.
1: You'll be there? Be there in San I Diego. Well, I am Sweet. so
0: excited. So this is my first lab coat event. And it's because it always falls on our our um, summer vacation. And this one literally worked out perfect. So yeah, I will be there and I'm so excited. So if you,
1: don't, if you don't know, we're talking about June 18 and 19 in San Diego, LCA Live. There's over 40 speakers lined up. It is going to be a jam-packed two days of content. There's going to be some get-togethers every single night. You, I mean, I'm telling you, the, a lot of these people that are going to be there, you see their names, like some big, big time people. Billie Jean is marketing, of course, Tristan and Nick. You've got the uh, guys like Sam Karamian and Carrie Scholl and Misty Bruton's going to be there. There's going to be so many high, high level people. Noelle Nielsen's really popular right now. And these people are accessible. We'll all be there. We'll, we'll all be at a bar at some point or we'll be at a dinner at some point, And we're, we're, we all just want to engage. And it's, it's so much fun. So if you're not going, You should consider going, if you can't go, don't worry. We're doing one day events all throughout the year. Um, and you don't want to miss these things because you have access to some people that you can learn so much from. So I'm excited to see you there in a few weeks.
0: Awesome. I'm excited to meet you. And thank you so much for taking time to interview me.
1: Of course. Absolutely. So let's, uh, if, if you don't mind, where can the audience find you if they want to follow you or if they even want to contact you? Yeah.
0: So you can find me on Facebook. It's my name, Misty Bruton backslash, or slash broker. And then um, I'm on Instagram at Misty Bruton. And then uh, you can email me. That's probably the best way. Otherwise, I don't always answer my phone myself. I forward it to people at uh, Misty, M-I-S-T-I, at avorealty.com.
1: That's awesome. Did you hear what she just said? She leverages her messages sometimes. I love it.
0: Leverages her messages. I like it. I love
1: it. Awesome. So, and, and so again, thank you for being on. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like this, make sure you share it. Let everybody know we're trying to grow this thing up because we just want to share. We want to come from that place of contribution. We want to take lab code agents on social media to this to this, uh, this, medium, which is podcasting. And we hope that you guys gain a lot from it. And we're always looking for feedback, so please share. Uh, Misty, thank you again for being on. I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. And um, and I hope a lot of people gain so much from today.
0: Awesome, thank you. All take care. Bye. Lab Coat Agents Podcasts.